Good morning. It's Tuesday, October 12th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. We're about to dive into the Big Ten with Steve Lorenz of the 24-7 Sports Michigan site, which is called the Michigan Insider. Now, Steve is one of my favorite guests to have on. And this week, with Week Seven slate being sort of dull and with us nearing the midway point, we're a week away from the official halfway point of the season. We're wanting to take a look at the most interesting conference races of the next half season, like the last, what, six weeks. So we're doing Big Ten today. And this is, it's not just Ohio State's conference, obviously, if you've been paying attention. The Buckeyes might be undefeated in conference play, but it's Iowa, the Iowa Hawkeyes at number two in the AP poll, who are the current darlings of the sport, really. And I have a few Big Ten notes before we go talk to Steve. So they got five teams of the Big Ten in the top 10 of the AP top 25. And of those five, four are in the Big Ten East. Iowa is carrying the flag for a Big Ten West that is not looking very good or compelling or fun to watch or anything like that. Um, so this is really just a, uh, we're, we're sort of just waiting to see who Iowa is going to play in Indianapolis as Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, and Michigan State stage what should be a pretty spectacular round robin. It's uh, Look, we're going to start the podcast by asking Steve, again, who covers Michigan, about the best team in the Big Ten, in his opinion. His answer might surprise you. We're going to dive into Michigan State. We're going to give out some predictions for Michigan's end of the season run. We're going to, and, then, and then we're going to finally uh, give out some predictions for Iowa versus the winner of the Big Ten East in Indianapolis and what that would even mean for the college football playoff. So it's really good. If I sound tired today, it's because I am. Had a fun weekend in Dallas at the Red River Shootout, but got stranded in Big D for an extra day. Thank you to Southwest Airlines and got back in Nashville, which is home about two hours before uh, talking to you right now and, and my conversation with Steve. So I leaned on him today. He's a good guest to carry an episode and here he is. Okay, Steve Lorenz joins us right now. Steve, quick question for you. Who's the best team in the Big Ten? Uh, I, I still got to go with Ohio State. I think their offense, we're seeing C.J. Stroud kind of start to come into his zone. Travion Henderson, I, I think it was against Minnesota in the season opener. I think he carried the ball one time. I think I tweeted he should be the guy for them. Took a couple games, but he looks like a guy that could set some records there. Defense, we'll see. I mean, Rutgers, Maryland aren't really much, you know, as far as those are games, I think we expect a team like Ohio State to win the way they did. But but it's it's still kind of that until Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State knocks Ohio State off, I, I'd still got to go with the Buckeyes at the end of the day. Yeah. So they're one of three teams in the Big Ten East to be three and oh in the conference with Michigan State, Michigan, and Ohio State. And then the West is I feel like the West, you know, if Penn State had won on Saturday, I think that the West conversation is a little bit more interesting, but there are only, it's Iowa is 3-0 and in, in conference play and 6-0 and overall. And then it's just a big mess. Like when you have Minnesota and Purdue as your 3-2 and two teams in your division, that's not good. So I kind of think we can throw out the West from this conference standing race discussion, unless you have like a, a note, a positive note on Nebraska or something that you want to wedge in after watching them. I'd say... Just based off of, the, of Saturday, uh, Michigan's played Wisconsin at Wisconsin, Nebraska at Nebraska. I I, I think West, or, uh, Nebraska is the second best team in the West. What does that mean? I mean, you just went down the list a little bit. I don't know what that actually means, but based on what I saw, what I've seen all year, I've watched a couple. I watched Minnesota a couple times. I would say Nebraska is the second best team. I mean, they took Michigan and Michigan State 
to the brink and, and Martinez is good. And I think their defense is pretty underrated uh, nationally. So uh, I would say Nebraska, the second best team in the West from my standpoint uh, as things stand today, but yeah, it's Iowa's uh, division to lose for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Iowa's number two in the AP top 25. There are five teams. Did you know this? Five teams in the top 10 from the big 10? First time ever. Well, that was a stat that was getting kind of a little bit of play on uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning, as as it was expected, I think, with Michigan State dominating everyone else. Penn State, I don't I didn't think we thought they'd fall that far, right? I mean, a close game, they lose Sean Clifford. So yeah, that's a stat. Saw a little bit about coming into the weekend. Kind of crazy. Not sure they're five of the 10 best teams in the country, but it's still pretty, pretty amazing accomplishment, uh, particularly on the East side, you know, where you have four teams that have legitimate playoff hopes right now. Well, as a big 10 guy, who's not exactly an Ohio state guy, although I got to give you props for your answer to start this conversation, you must be rather proud that the conference is enjoying a renaissance of sorts after taking a few, a few L's and a few shots, especially like when the conversation has been, it's just Ohio state's conference and that's it. Right. I think what's, what's most interesting about how this has played out. And I think, I, I think we gotta be honest, a lot of this for Penn state depends on if Sean Clifford is healthy or not. I mean, I think they win that game on Saturday if he plays all four quarters, but either way, I think that the, the, what's interesting is I think obviously, you know, Michigan looks way, way better than they did last year. A 180 of sorts, Michigan state, really, they beat Michigan last year, but really weren't that impressive. Besides that uh, they've done a 180 and Penn state's defense. I think let's say Clifford's back. Uh, Penn state's defense is going to give Ohio state a lot of problems offensively. So what's interesting to me is I do think the gap is is smaller this year than it has been in years past. We know how much uh, talent Ohio State kind of is able to accumulate on a year-by-year basis, but you know we'll see if Rutgers and Maryland is more indicative of what C.J. Stroud is turning into for them, but you know, I, I do think if there's if there was a year for one of these three teams, other three teams, or, or maybe somebody else at Ohio State will play along the way to maybe knock them off. Uh, this feels like the first time in a few years that 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 might be a bigger possibility. Yeah, we have two huge days of games for the Big Ten East circled on our calendar the rest of the season. The first one, October 30th, Michigan at Michigan State, and then Penn State at Ohio State. And then the second one and the final one, outside of the conference title weekend is November 27th, the final week of the season. This is crazy. Ohio State at Michigan and Penn State at Michigan State. And then, of course, that's just the Big Ten East because the day before on Friday, you have Iowa at Nebraska, who you've detailed is your second best team in the Big Ten West. So we like legitimately have several playoff spots up for grabs. When I read that slate out to you, it's just, I mean, it's its going to be so much fun. Like, because that doesn't even include Michigan versus Penn State and and Michigan State versus Penn State and Michigan State versus Ohio State, but it's just this awesome round robin of sorts in the division. Do we have any idea on your end what, what the biggest game is of all of that? I'd say this, you know, Michigan is going to obviously be heavily, they're on a bye this week. They'll be heavily favored against Northwestern. Michigan State only opened as a, I think a three point favorite against Indiana, which I thought was kind of interesting. I would, if I did betting, I would probably put money on MSU in that just, just the way things are right now. If Michigan, Ohio State went out, then obviously that's going to be the biggest game of the conference slate. But I wouldn't sleep on this Michigan, Michigan State game. If if both these teams win their next game, because they do each of them have a bye week. Uh, Michigan's is this week, Michigan State's is next week. They they should be, all things considered, they should both be undefeated heading into this game. And 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 they used to play earlier in the year. I think there are a few years in there where they met when they were like four and oh or something. Like this would probably be the biggest game between these two teams in years, if not ever, uh, as far as the standings. I mean, they, again, they both should be still undefeated at this point. They'll be 
squarely top in the top 10, if not knocking on the top five at that point. It's and these two fan, you know, you talk about the Michigan Ohio State rivalry. There's there's as Michigan State hates Michigan as much as they love state. I mean, that's just you go to their message board, you see the threads. It, it's it's quietly it's never gotten a lot of national play, but it's as bitter a rivalry as there is in college football, in my opinion. So I, I think that that game is going to be absolutely fascinating and will be massive uh, if both teams come into East Lansing undefeated. Well, I think nationally, just Michigan State overall, that fan base does not get enough, I don't know if credit's the word, notoriety for being rather rabid and loud. You talk about message boards. Like if we threw you over to the Red Cedar message board on 24-7 Sports, like I don't know if you'd come back. That one, ever since I started working here, has been, and I hope I don't you know, get myself in trouble or become a topic on the board. I, I would doubt that would happen, but I wouldn't want it to. That's, like, that's a fan base that, that can mean business at times. And I wonder between Michigan and Michigan State, you mentioned that Michigan State betting line. Vegas has been like curiously almost fading Michigan State in recent weeks, like small spread after small spread in Michigan State for the most part keeps proving them wrong and and so i you know i don't know if on some end we're waiting for them to collapse i think nationally a lot of people are wondering when that's going to happen with michigan and i feel like the last few weeks like look michigan's six and oh they're three and oh in the conference the wisconsin win was resounding but the Rutgers win everyone was talking about that after oh you know looks so bad in the second half let him back in uh the nebraska win uh jumped out to a big win a uh, big lead if you're going to be a, a running and defense team you have to be able to milk a lead like they still won they still went on the road and won in a game a lot of people were picking them to lose I'm a little disappointed that, and I, I hope I'm not making a straw man out of it, but I, I'm a little dis- disappointed, Steve, that nationally we're not adoring or enjoying Michigan more, and it just seems like we're waiting on them to be exposed because I think this is clearly a good football team. Yeah, I mean, we did like a big Michigan media poll. There's another guy that does his own thing in our market, asked like 20 media members. I was the only one. I had Michigan at 9-3 and three preseason, and that was the most wins of anybody that did this survey. I feel really good right now about that. I, I was pretty opt- I was a little more optimistic than most people, and the biggest reason is because there's a lot more talent on this team than I think people realize. You could argue that Aiden Hutchinson's been the best player in college football so far this year. I know there's some other guys I think that are squarely, well, Kenneth Walker at Michigan State is another guy in that conversation. Travion Henderson, probably, somewhere in there too. But Aina Hutchinson has been absolutely amazing and has set the tone for Michigan uh, from a defensive standpoint. My big thing with them is that they they had what I'd call like a, a plus plus player at each level, except linebacker was one area where we weren't quite sure about, but Josh Ross has had a huge rebound season his senior year. He looks a lot more like the guy that played, uh, had a really great year sophomore season. And then Daxton Hill has made a couple big plays in each of the last two games for them and has really become I think what Michigan fans thought he was going to become. Two two things that Michigan has done really, really well this season, although Nebraska did expose it a little bit on Saturday. They haven't been susceptible to yielding the big play defensively, and they've made big plays offensively. Combine that with the fact, especially offensively, that they've been able to run the football pretty much against anybody except for that second half against Rutgers. I thought they did enough against Wisconsin to keep them honest as far as the passing game was concerned. And then against Nebraska, they had more success running the ball than anybody has on Nebraska this season. So there's a formula there for what Michigan's doing that that I think could predicate future success. Just the question is, as the competition maybe does get a little bit more difficult, 
you know, will we see them exposed in a few of those areas? I know one, I guess say one area that they've really probably underachieved is a big time is uh, red zone with, t- with scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Very predict- not predictable play calling, but but they're, they've not been able to run the ball inside the five yard line super successfully. They've had to rely on their field goal kicker who actually Jake Moody's been one of the best field goal kickers in the country. But that's one area I'll be interested to see when you get, you know, you're playing in East Lansing, you're playing in Happy Valley if they can have any success in those types of situations. But but really, there are a lot of analytics, not to mention just for me, like I test stuff that says that, that this Michigan team could could win a couple of those games if they, maybe they're not going to be picked to down the road. Who's the starting quarterback for uh, the game? I still say it's going to be Cade McNamara. What, what's, what's been interesting about that, so Northwestern will be an interesting game just because we've been slowly seeing uh, some more and more J.J. McCarthy. I think you're going to s- see them not utilize him just in a running type situation talking about McCarthy you know I think we'll see him maybe throw the ball a little bit more in his future appearances but I mean McNamara's only turned the ball over one time he's been mostly efficient I had you know Michigan fans are notorious and just probably every fan base but for picking apart every throw that he makes I, I would say against Nebraska there were a few drops you know he didn't play a he didn't play a perfect game didn't even maybe didn't even play a spectacular game but he also didn't play a game that is going to was going to lose Michigan that football game so I still say McNamara but I, I would not say it's a 100% situation biggest reason why and I know Sam's done a great job with uh, some former players does a little some great video radio breakdowns they've left a lot of big plays out on the field and and it's not something you necessarily see when you're watching the game live. Uh, but I know in, in the Wisconsin game, even a game that they ended up winning by three touchdowns, we're up by four touchdowns. There were multiple plays in the passing game where probably had a walk in touchdown if the right read and the, the throw is eventually made. And, uh, you know, if they think if it gets to a point, maybe McNamara continues to kind of tread water, play well, but not spectacular. And McCarthy continues to kind of have some strong practices, which we've heard he's had, you know, might be more of a conversation as the season goes on. I, I mean, I think it'd be hard not to agree that that that's probably one of the reasons we've seen McCarthy in there in the first place uh, is because the staff think that thinks that there is is still a chance there for for him to maybe come in and, and seize that position at some point. Yeah, it'd be fun if they were building toward that from a national perspective. A few more things for you. So ESPN saying the FPI ten and two is the projected win loss, but get this: like the Michigan's only projected to lose one more game, and that's Ohio State. That's a pretty good percentage, the 42% chance to win, which is higher than most years. And the reason it's um, a 10-2 record, but you know, not projected to, to lose two more games is the Michigan State game is 53% chance and Michigan State's 50.7. So I guess they're, they're kind of just hedging their bets. Um, but that, I mean, that's it's October 12th. And when you look at the calendar and, and look at a 10-2, and two, maybe... 11 and one, maybe 12 and 0 regular season for Michigan. That's got to be as good as we felt over there in a while. But I, I just want to bring it back full circle though, Steve. You know, we started talking and saying Ohio State, you think's the best team in the Big Ten. We've got Iowa two out of the West. Is that who you think is going to meet in Indianapolis? And, and if so, who wins that game? And, and the, what's the playoff situation um, from that lens as well? I watched a lot of the Iowa Penn State game. Like I said, if Sean Clifford stays healthy, Penn State is winning that game. I think you could argue, I mean, we'll see, I think Ohio State's offense is on their way there. I think you could argue Penn State's defense is the best unit in the Big Ten. They have playmakers at every level, but I'd probably still going with Ohio State at the end of the day. I got to think that their defense will play a little bit better as in some of these big games, you know, nearing October, November, you know, they'll yeah. maybe start to play a little bit better particularly up front where I got to feel like if you're an Ohio State fan, you got to be somewhat disappointed, at least in how they played against Oregon, 
you know, guys like Zach Harrison, uh, Teron Vincent, Haskell Garrett's pretty solid, but a lot of talent up there and they haven't really maybe made the impact that many thought they would, but either way, at the end of the day, I still, it's hard to pick against them just because of that firepower they have offensively. I mean, their offensive line, I thought was, you know, the, the season opener against Minnesota, it was a game where their offensive line is going to be strong enough that it's going to allow Stroud to continue to grow. Uh, he's not going to be a guy who's going to be under pressure constantly, I feel like, and, and it's going to allow him that opportunity to maybe kind of just soak in more and more of that offense. And then when you have Alave, Wilson, Rucker, Henderson, you know, all these guys that you can get the ball to, I think it's just at the end of the day, I think their offense is still going to be too much to stop. Whoever wins the East is going to beat Iowa in the championship game, I, I suspect. I'm I mean, here's the the thing is like if the Big Ten if the Big Ten championship game was at Kinnick, I would pick Iowa. That there's something about that place that uh, is just it's very difficult, uh, you know, to win a to win a big game in that building if you're not Iowa. But no, I just don't think Iowa's offense is is really explosive enough and, and good enough to win on a turf field against really any of those four teams. Whoever comes out, you know, if it's Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. Penn State, I just don't think Iowa's defense uh, can can do enough to overcome maybe a, kind of a lack of explosiveness offensively. Yeah, because even if Iowa's defense does a great job and holds them to 28, it's it's not enough. It, right, yeah. exactly. But, you know, on the other side, they'll probably still make the playoff if, if, that, if that happens, so. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah, yeah Steve, uh, we appreciate you joining us and talking Michigan and Big Ten and, and Iowa Hawkeyes and everything else, too. Appreciate you. Appreciate Steve joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at TremendousUM. My fingers are crossed for the Michigan Wolverines. College football is really good when they're really good. But if if everything goes south for Steve, then he's still got the Lions and he's still got the Red Wings and he also still has the Pistons. So I think he'll have an all right few months in winter up there. It's 10 degrees and, and snowing. So, all right. Our producer is Lance Glenn. My name is Trey Scott. We got a few more conferences to cover the rest of the week here on the College Football Daily. So enjoy your Tuesday and stay locked in for Wednesday's episode. Talk to you later.